أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد الحمد لله by Allah's Father we've reached this Mubarak 23rd night of Ramadan we reached this Ramadan we reached these last 10 nights of Ramadan we reached these last odd nights of the last 10 nights of Ramadan Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anna Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anna Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anna Ameen. The title of the talk, The Most Beloved of Places to Allah Ta'ala, is taken from a hadith narrated from the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that Ahabbul Biladi ilallahi ta'ala masajiduha wa abradul biladi ilallahi aswaquha kama qala alayhi salatu wasalam that the most beloved of places to Allah Ta'ala in the earth are the Masajid. Someone would think that sounds like a relatively predictable thing to say. It sounds really Muslim and Islamic y, right? It's Islam, so you're going to say the Masjid is good. Okay. What can we learn about that? Look at the other half, the other shatar of the hadith. That Abghad, the most hateful of places to Allah Ta'ala. Both means like hatred, spite. The most hated of places to Allah Ta'ala is what? It's the aswaq, it's the bazaar, it's the marketplace. Now that's kind of weird, right? Because most of us go to the marketplace all the time. Some of us carry it with us in our pocket. We say, ah, look, hadith, I'm not going to the marketplace, so I'm going to have Amazon.com inside of my pocket. Think of that logic, what's the analogy of it? Because somebody might think, well, the worst of places is the aswak. Like, why isn't it like a, a strip club? It's dirty even talking about it in the masjid, right? Why wouldn't that be mentioned? You have a reason, a sharia sanctioned reason to go to the marketplace. It's not haram to go to the marketplace. It's not haram to go to the mall. There are places where it's actually haram to go. Strip club, you have no excuse to be there. Ever. Never. No, no fatwa shopping is going to pay off for this one. You never have a reason to go there. Why is that not haram? Or why is that not the Abghadul Bilad? Why is it not mentioned as the Abghadul Bilad? The reason that Aswaq is the most hated of places to Allah Ta'ala is not because what happens in the souk, what happens in the marketplace is necessarily haram. If you're buying something halal, you're buying something necessary, the form of the transaction is permissible. The transaction is honest. You're an honest and good Muslim. The person you're buying from is an honest and good Muslim. The shop closes at the time of Salat, all of these things. Still, why is the mention of the Aswaq as the most hated of places to Allah Ta'ala here? The understanding of this can be taken from a small, very informative snippet that was quoted by the Shaykh. 
Ali bin Uthman al-Jallabi, better known as Hajwari, better known to our Lahori brothers as Data Ganj Bakhsh. People go and eat Zarda for free at the Mazar, but nobody ever reads the book. It's a good book. Kashul Mahjub, it's a good book. He mentions that one of the Mashaikh said that the afat, the calamities of, of money are three. One is that you use halal money to buy haram things. Your money is halal, but your chicken isn't. The second is that you use your uh, uh, haram money to buy halal things. You're selling alcohol at the liquor store. You're running the strip club. I know of strip clubs in America that are actually run by Muslims. Can't make takfir of the person, but it's not, a, it's not, it's not good. Right? Your money is haram from gambling or from riba or from any of these things. The money is haram, but then afterward, mashallah, mashallah, Dari is 100% certified uh, beard, fist length, and uh, white kurta, and go to hajj every year, and these things happen, like we've seen them before. It's not normal. Usually the people with white beards are not usually like this, but it does happen from time to time. That somebody uses the halal money and they use it for a haram reason, and that's disgusting. It should be clear to people why that's disgusting. Those two are both understandable. The money is haram and you're buying halal things. The money is halal and you're buying haram things. What's the third, the third thing he mentioned? The third calamity of, the money, the, of, of, of wealth. The third calamity is you have halal money and you buy halal things with it. But it's a hijab between you and remembering Allah. It's a hijab between you and remembering Allah Ta'ala. It's a hijab between you and remembering Allah Ta'ala. That your money is 100% halal and the thing you're buying is 100% halal and that process somewhere in the middle you forgot Allah Ta'ala. You lost Allah so you lost everything. If you understand this concept, this idea, then you'll understand why is it that the Abghadul Bilad is the marketplace. Why? Because you walk into the marketplace, there's a thousand new things that taste wonderful and look beautiful and are interesting and are neat. And a person thinks, how can I get this? How can I buy it? Can I get it on payments? Can I, you know, pre-order it? Can I reserve it? Can I get it in my size? You start thinking about all of these things. And in that moment, what happens? In that moment, you forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Khaja Ubaidullah Ahrar. Remember, we visited him in, in Samarkand, right? Uh, he said that when he was a kid, he used to remember Allah all the time. And he thought everyone did. Like everyone was like that. Because like, why wouldn't you ever think about Allah Ta'ala? Like, that doesn't make any sense, does it? It doesn't make sense, right? So he's like, that didn't make sense. So I never thought like there are people in the world that are heedless of Allah. So then I once, I once like something happened and like a bunch of mud splashed onto my clothes and I was so angry and so upset. And then I realized, oh my God, I forgot Allah Ta'ala for a moment. And then I felt so ashamed of myself. I said, look, all these animals and the birds and everybody and look this guy is walking down the street he's better everyone's better than me because they don't forget Allah Ta'ala look I forgot Allah Ta'ala for a moment uh, this is what the this is what the ummah is built on people like that the ummah is built on people like that that's what made the ummah what it is that's what made the ummah mighty and powerful the idea is what is if you understand the second part of the hadith that the Aswaq are hated to Allah Ta'ala not necessarily because something bad is happening there or something haram is happening there but because of its propensity in normal people to make it very easy for them to forget Allah Ta'ala then on the flip side you'll also understand something about the function of the masjid which is the masjid is a place that you should remember Allah Ta'ala 
The masjid is a place that you should remember Allah Ta'ala. And just like going to the market is not hated if you don't forget Allah when you go there. It's really genius. The Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it's his sunnah. You walk into the marketplace and say, La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika. And you do all these things. There's all these sunnah to make sure that you don't forget Allah Ta'ala when you go there. And we talked about this in the previous couple of bayans. I don't know if everyone was here, but like at Fajr time and whatever. The idea that this is also part of your deen, the way you transact. The believer also has to make a living like the non-believer does. The only difference is, is that the non-believer, once he makes his living, he's like, oh, look how smart I am. Whereas the believer says, alhamdulillah, look how generous Allah Ta'ala is that he gave this to me. That's the difference. Otherwise, both of them have to make a living. If you understand this about the masjid, that the masjid is the place that you're supposed to remember Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala, you'll also understand that the masjid is the analog of the marketplace. But the marketplace is the marketplace of the dunya. It's the masjid of the akhirah. Like, you know, what does that mean? Like in the akhirah, do you have to go to Jumu'ah? How many raka'ahs are in tarawih in, in the akhirah? No, there's no tarawih. You don't have to ever make wudu again. You don't have to stand. You don't have to hear the qari sahab recite. You don't have to hear a fight. You don't have to hear, you know, think, should I put my heels on the line or toes on, on the line or whatever. After that, it's just ikram from Allah Ta'ala forever. Forever. Just like the masjid, there's a certain amount of tedium that is involved in coming to the masjid. That tedium increases when it's the night of fundraising. That tedium increases when there's a bayan after fundraising. Right? That's why the masjid is not full. I actually was thinking when I saw all the posters outside, I said, Yad, Abdul, you guys lost your mind? Don't put up posters saying it's fundraising tonight. No one's going to come. They're going to go to Masjid Hamza. They're going to go to, you know, they're going to go to the other masajid. <laughs> you got to sneak, you know, like in war, you can't just tell the enemy you're coming. You got to like hide and bow, pounce them, you know? And then they're like, oh man, yeah, you're right. The girls do have to learn Quran. Here's, okay. But like if you let them prepare, they're going to, they're going to weasel out of it. You know, I tried to weasel out of it. I told Mona Kashif, I said, I'm going to go upstairs and like read Quran like while your fundraising is done. I'm not going to sit there. Because he told me after, after, uh, you know, that, that arrangement was made to come that there's going to be fun. I'm like, man, fundraising. <laughs> Even I'm trying to weasel out of it. You guys are pious people, but there are obviously some people who think like me, right? The, the marketplace is like that for the akhirah. It's tedium for your akhirah. It's something that will drag you down in your akhirah. So if you flip the analogy the other way around, this is one of the beautiful things about Islam. Things make sense. Islam doesn't work for you if you don't have aql. It doesn't work properly for you. If you flip the analogy around, then what is the masjid? The masjid is the bazaar, but for the akhirah, the akhirah equivalent of the bazaar, the deen equivalent of the bazaar, of the, of the marketplace. And this is exactly what we heard from our mashaykh. This is exactly what we heard from our mashaykh. Just like if a person wants something, needs something, you go to the, you go to the store, you go to the marketplace, you go to the mall, the mall you can dependably find everything at the mall, something or not. If you don't know where to look for it, you can always start at the mall. It's probably the easiest place for you to go. What's good about the mall? There's all sorts of different shops. The masjid is like the mall, but for the, or it's supposed to be when it's in its ideal form. It's like the mall, but for the akhirah. You can get your clothes there. You can buy appliances there. You can buy a computer there. You can buy jewelry there. You can buy a new bicycle. You can buy a lot of different, you can buy real, they have kiosks where they sell real estate. You can buy a house there. You can buy all sorts of things over there. The masjid is like the bazaar of the akhirah. And who are the shopkeepers? The shopkeepers are the ulama. The shopkeepers are the ulama. The currency in which you transact in the masjid is what? 
It's the currency not of this world, but it's the currency of the hereafter. What is the currency of the hereafter? The currency of the hereafter is good deeds. When we put our hands in the hands of our mashayikh and, and took the, 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 the path to Allah Ta'ala from them, one of the things that we had to pledge is that we, we, we acknowledge that after death, nothing will benefit you except for good deeds. Nothing. Nothing will benefit you. You're from Pakistan, good for you in America, you can go get a naikap. When you're in uh, the Qabr, angels don't care. You're Arabi, you're Ajami, you're white, black, tall, short, don't, they don't care about any of it. You're a doctor, you're a president, you're not, doesn't, they don't care about any of that stuff. The only currency that works for the deen, the only currency that works for the akhirah is what? Just like you're not going to be able to go back. Where is Hamari Juna EMT Saab Kahange? So, who be Mishnah Bicharev? Achahasa Mashahidnat Karchuk and she should give good, he should go rest. He said, What? Das Hazar Rupedi. No, by $10,000. 10,000 rupees is what? Like $100 now? Right? Or less than that. Less, it's actually less than 100. Allah help, Allah help our home, help all the Muslims. I mean, right? No, if you bring 10,000 rupees and try to buy something with it, even if you try to buy a Snickers bar, no, they'll be like, what is this? G -g 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 take this back to Africa. Like, we, we don't accept this here, right? What do you have to have if you want to buy something in America? What do you have to have? The dollar. Nobody cares. Dollar is king. Nobody cares about euros and pounds. Nobody cares about rupees and none of these things. Nobody cares about any of that. The hereafter, what's the currency of the hereafter? Good deeds. Someone, Malana Saab, well, how come you were standing up there raising money right now? Ah, got you. Right? Hey, when, you go, when you go to a different country, when you go on Hajj and Umrah and whatever, what do you do? You have to go change your money. Our uh, beloved Imam Munzer Talib who came and he gave his heart, mashallah. You, can, you, know, you can't say that he wasn't sincere. He gave his heart, he gave his heart to the masjid, mashallah, and asking for money. What is he? He's like a money changer. Right? <laughs> Because your dollars, he's telling you, look, you're going to need, you're, gonna, you're going on this trip, you're never going to come back. You're going to need some, you're, you're going you're to need some uh, currency on that side. So I'm like a money changer. Change your dollars and then take the currency that works over there. Take your currency that works over there. Who are the shopkeepers? The shopkeepers are the ulama, the people of knowledge. This one will teach you aqidah, this one will teach you fiqh, this one will teach you how to recite the Quran, this one will teach you alif ba tatha, this one will teach you the memorization of the Qur'an, this one will teach you tafsir, this one will teach you hadith, this one will teach you ilmul kalam, this one will teach you all these different, uh, all of these different sciences of the deen. They'll teach you, they have like different shops, just like there's one shop that sells clothes and one shop that sells computers and one shop that sells uh, uh, bed, bath and beyond, nice smelling things and whatever, right? They're different shops. Now the mall is going to be as successful as the, 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 how good the shops are. The number of shops you can find and the quality of the shops that you can find. If you have a mall where everybody just sells kitchen knives, is anyone going to go to that mall? No, because people, if you need a kitchen knife, yeah, but how many people need a kitchen knife, right? People have all sorts of needs. Now what's the problem in America? What's the problem? Not in America only, but the problem since the time of the Aslaf. Because the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the way he set the program, it worked really well for a long time. And then what happens? Sometimes good people rule and sometimes tyrants rule. The administration, whether it's the government, whether it's the masjid board, whether whoever it is, right? They're like the, like the mall, 
whatever the, the mall uh, administration the people who make sure that the you know that collect the rent from the shop shopkeepers and they uh, make sure that the mall is clean and they provide security uh, in the parking lot and they you know provide public bathrooms and whatever the mall administration no matter how good they are no matter how good they are do people come for the mall administration or do they come to buy from the shops they come to buy from the shops. So already we know there's a there's a a siyasi. This is not even a this is not even necessarily a fiqh issue. It's a siyasi failure when there's some sort of tasadum, when there's some sort of like incompatibility between the administration between the shopkeepers, between the administration of the masjid, whether it's the government or whether it's a, a private entity, and then the mashaykh and the ulama. Good news, glad tidings, mashallah, mubarak bad that. The masjid actually has an alim as an imam. Most masajid in America don't have ulama as imams. For those of you who have been here from the 90s, most masajid in America don't even have imams in the first place. Oftentimes they'll hire speakers or reciters, but people who don't really have any substantial amount of knowledge. This is a problem that used to happen in the past as well. We mentioned Hajjaj bin Yusuf yesterday. How many of the ulama did he kill? He, how many of the ulama he killed because they wouldn't give fatwa according to the, his tyrannical policies? The last of the ulama he killed was a disciple of Abdullah bin Abbas ta'ala an individual by the name of Sa'id bin Jubair. His hadith come in the books of uh, hadith. Uh, he was a master uh, scholar of the, uh, of the aslaf, of the tabi'in. And he was one of the mashayikh of Basra. And he wouldn't toe the party line. Hajjaj called him, told him, rescind this fatwa, give that fatwa, change this, change that. He says, no. And Hajjaj says to him, he says, you're so brave. He says, you think I have any problem killing you? I've killed way bigger people than you. You're like nothing. For me to kill you is like nothing for me. And what did he say? He said, I know the others that you killed were better, bigger and better people than me. He says, they were better than me. All of them forgave you before they died because of their piety. I said, I'm not going to forgive you. And he executed Sa'id bin Jubair. Uh, three days, within three days, he himself, he went mad and he, he died. He lost, his, he lost his mind. He saw blood everywhere. And he would, was just caught saying, Mali was Sa'id bin Jubair. Like, what, leave me alone, Sa'id bin Jubair. And that's it. And he, 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 he died. Now... The idea is if you want to build the masjid, the point of the masjid is what? The ideal masjid is what? It's a place where the souq of the akhirah comes alive. You can come and transact in the currency. You can earn the currency of the akhirah. You can exchange the currency of the akhirah. You can go to the bazaar of the akhirah and buy the things that you're going to need in order to prepare for that akhirah. It is not a political center. It is not a commercial center. It is not a cultural center. It is not a place that you go to make friends and influence people. It's not any of those things. What is it? It's the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, that being said, someone says, well, you're saying it's not all of these things. How come they used to do so much in the Masjid of Medina Munawwara? There is a clue and a cue to the answer to this question in the book of Allah ta'ala, which is in the hadith, in the ayah of the surat, uh, uh, surat al-A'raf after one of the ayat that we uh, mentioned yesterday right what is the ya 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 bani adama khudhu zinatakum inda kulli masjidin 
O progeny of Adam meaning O mankind. Now if you read the books of Tafsir, there is a very particular munasabat for which this ayah is revealed and it's very strange. And in the interest of time, I'm not going to mention it because I thought yesterday the talk was like almost an hour. Today I'm going to cut it off at half an hour because there was, it's just been a lot. There's a very particular munasabat of this ayah. Maybe some of you know it, maybe some of you don't know it. It's very strange actually. Itself will be a 20 minute digression. But suffice to say, I'm not going to mention it right now. When you hear it later, don't say that this Mulvi doesn't know what he's talking about and just made stuff up. Rather, know that this is a principle of tafsir that when there's shatna nuzul, a reason for an ayah being revealed, this is a principle of tafsir. If you want to learn the tafsir of the Quran, this is one of the usul of the tafsir of Quran, is that if there is a, an occasion on which an ayah is revealed, that ayah has meaning with connection to that occasion, but it's also true in general. But it's also true in general. This is one of the beauties of the Quran is that it has meanings on so many different levels. A relatively simple-minded person will understand one thing, an engineer will understand something else, a poet will understand something else, an artist will understand something else, a parent will understand something else, a person from this age will understand something else, a person from the other age will understand something else, and all of them can be true at the same time. This is part of the miracle of the Quran. So few words, so rich in meaning. So few words, so rich in meaning. Not just so rich in meaning, infinite in meaning. If the ocean, and there's only one ocean, how many oceans are there? So Pacific Atlantic, it's all one ocean. It's called Panthalassia. You can look it up on Wikipedia if you think I'm making it up. Okay? If the ocean were ink with which to write, the words of my Lord, the ocean would have exhausted before finishing writing the words of my Lord and even if we brought another ocean after it. Now the ishkal can come up, the amount of ink it takes to write the mushaf is far less than an ocean worth of ink, right? The point is, is what it has to do with the ma'ani. Why? Because this is again another aside that we don't have time for, but because the Quran is not just the words, it's the sifa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's an, the, the, the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is transcendent above physical things the words are just a, a marker that allow you to connect with it otherwise the haqiqah of the Quran is something far deeper this is why basharat, basharat ba'd that you came and heard taraweeh even if you don't understand a lick of Arabic still it has an effect on you and the one who understands Arabic still doesn't take even like a drop of the ocean why? because Allah ta'ala's that is infinite his sifat are infinite what we understand is very little. What the greatest ulama understand, all of them can come together and still nothing compared to what the haqiqah is. So, yes, this, this, these ayat have a general meaning as well as a particular signification. Take your beauty. Literally, it means what? Take your beauty at every, every masjid, at every masjid, and eat and drink and don't waste. Meaning what? Make the masjid beautiful if you like to. Wear your nice clothes. Wear your nice pagri, your nice ring. Bichara, he asked me, how much are you going to sell your pagri? You guys also help me out. Give another $10,000 so I can keep my, my, my izzat, you know? Don't, 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 don't be me before I go back, to, go back to Chicago, right? The idea is what? 
the idea is take your, your beauty, look, look nice within the... That, that, and eat and drink. Enjoy yourself, eat and drink, but don't waste. The tafasir of don't waste, there are a number of different tafasir for it. One of them is wastage is what? That a person should consume everything that they find delicious. Someone says, oh, look, see, Mulvi's still trying to cut me out. It's for your own good. It's for your own good. The coma is dying of diabetes and obesity. Like, it's actually more enjoyable to eat a little bit less, right? If you, if you, if you, if you understand that. If you, some of us have learned this the hard way, if you understand that, right? But the point is, is not that you're not supposed to enjoy. The point is that you're supposed to, you're supposed to enjoy, but everything, like, establish your faces, the direction of your face in every masjid, that there's an orientation for the enjoyment that we have in the life of this world, which is what? Which is the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The point of the masjid is not drudgery. The point of the masjid is not that a person should be down. The point of a masjid is not that a person should be depressed and there's fun things outside and you're like being deprived of all of them. The point of the masjid is what? The person who finds happiness in this place, that person, the entire world burns down and they lose their entire family and they say, Alhamdulillah. There's a type of happiness that reside, it resides so deep inside of a person, it's unassailable from anything in this dunya. It's unassailable from anything in this dunya. And you see, it happens. Allah Ta'ala tests people. That's the whole story about Sayyidina Ayyub Look, Allah Ta'ala tested him. He took his family away. He took his health away. He took, his, every, he took everything from him. And, 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 and Shaitan said to Allah Ta'ala, that this, this guy, he's just, he's, just a good, he's just good and he's just thankful to you because... He has all this money and he has such a nice life. Like anyone would be thankful. Not really. He mentioned it. In fact, more people are thankful to Allah Ta'ala when they're getting beat up than are thankful to Allah Ta'ala when they have ni'mah, when they have blessing. But he said, you know what, this guy, he's just, he's just, he's just acts like a good guy because he has money and he's happy and he eats and drinks. You take it all away from him and look what happens. Allah Ta'ala took it all away from him. And his akhlaq, forget about, forget about his iman. Like you someone say, okay, well, he's still Muslim at least, right? Even his akhlaq didn't get damaged. To the point where the, 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 the wounds that he had were festering. And the uh, maggots that were eating at his wounds, one of them fell out. He felt bad, this poor maggot is going to starve to death. He picked it up and put it back in his wound. Kids, don't try this at home. <laughs> By all means, clean all the maggots out of your wounds. I'm just saying that there are some people Allah Ta'ala created, they really are amazing, and don't try it at home. You'll hurt yourself. Don't try it at home. So the idea is, is, is what? Is not that you're trying to, Allah wants you to be deprived of any benefit or any happiness. Rather, it's a, a, a happiness that lasts forever, and it's a happiness that's worth having. It's a happiness. Do you think the people who made their money out of harming other people, do you think they sleep at night happily? No. The people who uh, enjoy themselves by harming other people, the people who enjoy themselves through pointlessness and frivolity? No. What do they what do? They do? They end up killing themselves. There's a Swedish guy, I remember I heard a, a, a news story on the NPR. He was a DJ. He used to do parties every single night. They would pay him like over $100,000 to DJ a party. Look, I'll be honest with you, sounds fun. Maybe not to you guys, because you're pious people. To me, that sounds like a lot of fun, right? Drinking is haram, so we don't do it, and I don't encourage it to anybody. But I've seen some drunk people, and they look like they're enjoying themselves. This is a very bizarre thing to hear in the masjid from Mawlana Saab. But they look like they're enjoying themselves, and I'll give another dalil that it's not, I'm not 100% off base. If wine was evil, it wouldn't be in Jannah. 
Allah Ta'ala made it haram and it harms you and its itham is there because Allah forbade it and the harm it does to you in this world is greater than the benefit, don't drink, don't go anywhere near it. But if it was in and of itself evil, Allah Ta'ala would not allow you to do it in, in, in Jannah. Like there's no murder. Someone's like, I like killing people. Can I murder people? No. But Mulana Saab, you said that I can do whatever I want in Jannah. I said, look, one of the prerequisites of entering Jannah is that Allah Ta'ala cures you of your sickness. And this is a very sick thing that you have inside of you that you like to kill people. Allah Ta'ala will cure you of it. You won't want that anymore. You won't want that, 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 that sick thing anymore. You'll be cured of it. You'll be normal again. You'll be whole again. The thing that happened to you, you hit your head against the brick wall too hard one time, whatever it was, right? You'll be cured of it. You won't want to murder people in Jannah. Why? Because murdering people is like really bad. This guy is every night party, every night music, every night drinking, drugs, all sorts of stuff. And he seemed to be in good health. It's not like it was killing him or anything. What happened before he reached 40? Somewhere in his middle 30s, he killed himself. Why? Because his life is completely pointless. And, you know, they are obviously, whenever somebody dies, this is a weird thing that Kafirs do, is that, you know, they'll treat each other like garbage when they're alive, but when someone dies, oh, Bill was so wonderful, and we're going to miss all of his jokes, and he was just, you know, this and that. He was the best person in the world, and this and that other thing, right? And when he's alive, it's like, oh, man, his stupid jokes again, man. I hope he, he wish he didn't get, tell his dumb jokes, right? In Islam, we're ordered, don't talk bad about people so bad when they're alive, and when they're gone, instead of praising them, make dua for them. Instead of praising them excessively, or making marthiya, eulogizing them, make dua for them. So, what happened? They're like, oh, you know, his, all of his parties, you know, the one theme was like, you know, life is hard, and I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but like this one night, let's just enjoy ourselves. Allah Ta'ala is trying to give you the happiness that's not just this one night, enjoy yourself. Because you do that again and again and again, then one day you realize life is pointless in you. Right? And then on the Akhirah, people find something unexpected. يَقُولُ يَا لَيْتَنِي كُنْتُ تُرَابًا That's a whole other story. But even in the dunya, people come to the conclusion that this is not really happiness. This is frivolity. Allah Ta'ala made the masjid so that you can come and buy and sell and take those, that merchandise. Allah إِنَّ سِلْعَةَ اللَّهِ غَالِيَةً Indeed, the merchandise of Allah Ta'ala is expensive and valuable. Allah inna silatallahi al-jannah. That indeed the merchandise of Allah Ta'ala is, is, is Jannah itself. You can come and transact in that merchandise of Jannah. You, pay, buy, the, you, you buy it and people enter into Jannah in, in this world as well. Someone says, oh, now, now he's talking weird. Now he's talking. You've been to the Rawdah Sharifa, right? That's not the only part of Jannah that's in this world. The Ajwa tree is also a tree from Jannah. A person, whenever they're in the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Rasul said, Al-Mar'u There are, that, that, that state of Jannah enters onto a person. Why is it that you wear ihram when you wear ihram? Those are the adab of Jannah. That your hair is unshorn and your, your nails are not cut. All of these things happen after Sayyidina Adam salam was sent back to was sent back to Pakistan, was sent to this dunya, 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 right? Dunya. Nails, hair, none of that. You're in your natural state, that's your natural habitat, like fishes in water. We're out of the water right now, but that's what the water is. There are certain states a person enter, enters into. These states are the, 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 the Edenic states. They're the, 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 the hale bihishti that a person is in and that's why it makes your heart feel good for some time. 
Taraweeh, does it feel good? Of course not. You're standing, you're tired, you're sleepy, you fasted the entire day, but still when you leave Taraweeh, even if you don't understand a lick of Arabic, you feel clean inside. Not only Muslims. I've seen non-Muslims pray Taraweeh as well, and they describe the same state. When you fast a month of Ramadan, everyone's like inside. They're like, oh man, fasting is going to be hard, right? But at the same time, people enjoy it. Why? Because it may be hard on the body, but for the, for the, for the heart, for that couple of moments, you like stop being a genre, you stop being like an animal. And you be like an angel for, for a little bit. Allah made you to be that way. That's what the real happiness is. That's what the true happiness is. So the politics... If we want to go, go further, the politics that are there in the masjid are the ones that are connected with getting you to Jannah. The buying and selling is the buying and selling that's connected with you, that getting you to go to Jannah. Mulana Kashif, he should take a, a break, but the madrasa he studied in Banuri town, right? What is, there's an entire mall around the Banuri town, right? You go to Hanafiya, Brosht. Who's the, where's the Karachi guys here? Even people don't know, know, don't know a damn thing about the madaras. Everyone knows where Hanafiya, Brosht is, right? <laughs> Right? Go get a, 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 a roast beef sandwich, the closest thing you're going to get to a roast beef sandwich in Karachi. You go over there and there are bookstores and there's faluda and there's ice cream and there's juice shops and there's like all sorts of like the, like the best stuff to have, you know, you can, you can get it all around there. Why? Because those, those uh, shops are, those shops are uh, rented out to shopkeepers and the rent from it goes to run and support the masjid. That marketplace is, is, you know, there's a nisbat that it has is different than the other marketplaces. The nisbat that it has to what? To what? To Jannah, right? Obviously, you can still go and like, you know, do something haram there or blow your, blow your time and forget Allah. In that sense, if you want to, you can even come to the masjid and forget Allah. I know a lot of people who do that. They'll get into shouting matches. They'll get into political fights. They'll get into all sorts of things. They'll, they'll fight about all sorts of things. You can also forget Allah Ta'ala in the masjid as well. It's just... In, under normal circumstances, it's less likely. You want to have a marketplace? The Muslims had marketplaces. The greatest marketplaces that the Muslims had were connected to what? They were connected to the deen. They were connected to the masjid. They would pay for the madaris. They would pay for the, the khanqa. Khanqa is a place where a person goes, goes to make the dhikr of Allah, learn the dhikr of Allah, cut themselves off from cut themselves off from those parts of the dunya that makes a person forget Allah Ta'ala, where a person who's spiritually ill can get treatment and make the, restore themselves back to spiritual health again. All of these dis, different institutions are what? They're, they're all like uh, specializations of the one same institution, which is the masjid. That's a, a place where you pray five times a day and you do zikr. This is a place where you pray five times a day and you can learn different books of ilm. This is a place where you pray five times a day and you can... treat the sick. Hospitals used to be built around masajid. Right? This is a place where you can pray five times a day. Mirza Ulughbek, and you can learn astronomy. The calculations that they had about the earth that they made in the medieval times in, in those places, they're like accurate toward like 1%. The idea is what? You can have in those days, in those old days, those old madaris, you can have someone as an astronomer, someone's a physician, somebody is a, an engineer, somebody is a muhaddith, somebody is a qari, somebody is a faqih. All of them are ulama. All of them wear the same jubba, all of them wear, wear the same pagri, they wear the same turban. All of them, if you ask them the basic masail of fiqh, they'll tell you. This, you know, all of them, if you ask them the masail of, of aqidah, they'll tell you. All of them, if you ask them about hadith, the basic masail, they'll tell you. 
the specialized things, he says, I'm a alim of, of deen, and I specialize in fiqh, I'm an alim of deen, I specialize in astronomy. Right? We read it yesterday, right? It also has munasibah with the Book of Allah Ta'ala, right? This is a bid'ah of the, of, the, of the Farangi that we've separated all of these things out and said this part of the deen we like and this part we don't like. So we'll call this part secular and we'll call that part religion. That's not, that's not the, the, the way our forefathers used to understand it. It's not even a very good way of understanding it in the first place at all anyway. So the idea is what? Is that خُذُوا زِينَتَكُمْ عِنْدَ كُلِّ مَسْجِدٍ وَكُلُوا وَشْرَبُوا وَلَا تُسْرِفُوا إِنَّهُ لَا يُحِبُّ الْمُسْرِفِينَ that, that, he, he, uh, uh, that he, he doesn't, Allah Ta'ala doesn't like the people who are, don't, don't be excessive, don't be wasteful. Don't be excessive, don't be wasteful. Enjoy your things, build the masjid, make it nice. You don't have to build it out of gold. That would be wasteful because people would be starving to death and you're, but within reasonable means, make the masjid look beautiful. Mu'an Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi, rahimahullah ta'ala, he, it's mentioned that he once went to Medina Munawwara with his sheikh, Shah Abdul Qadir Raipuri Rahimahumullah Ta'ala Qaddasallahu Asra'aruhumah And he complained to the Shaykh Because he was of a little bit more of a political bent from his youth He complained to the Shaykh about Oh look how much money they spent on this masjid They could have spent it on the poor This that and the other thing right The Shaykh said it's because the, It's because they made this place beautiful That Allah makes the rest of the world beautiful Spend your money on the masjid Right? These are your daughters that are gonna go and like sorry to go, go fall back in a fundraiser mode, right? But these are your daughters that are gonna these are the daughters of our Ummah, the Ummah, the Prophet that are gonna go here. Do you know what their other alternatives are, what they can do with their time? Do you want your daughters to go to those places? Do you want your daughters to be hafilat of the Quran or do you want them to you know? Because the person get get in where they fit in, you know, would you rather that, that your daughter teach Quran to uh, her own children and to the other children, or would you rather she be the next Jennifer Lopez? Like, is that what you want? You should be teaching Jennifer Lopez the Quran, right? <laughs> you meaning the sisters, but you know what I mean? That's how, that's, that's how that system is supposed to be working. The point is, is all of these, all of these different things. Allah Taala, Allah Taala said, spend, be creative, learn things, advance things, make things beautiful, make things nice, arrange your social occasions around it, arrange your political occasions around it, arrange everything, eat and drink, enjoy yourself. Just don't be wasteful in doing so. Why? Because Allah Taala doesn't like people who are wasteful. Say, who, who made haram? Who made haram the, uh, uh, the beauty that Allah Ta'ala put forth for his slaves? And the pleasant things from provision that Allah made for you. The tayyibatum, the tayyib, the pure things, the pleasant things from your, from, from, from rizq. amanu. Read. Fil hayat dunya. They are for the people who uh, believe in the life of this world Someone may say Well the other people The people who don't believe They get it as well Inshallah Inshallah They'll also believe one day as well But even if they don't For them it's taken without haq For you and me it's, it, Allah made it for us And on the day of judgment The people of disbelief Won't, won't, won't have any part of it whatsoever they won't even be able to misappropriate any part of it like they misappropriated in this world. And the fun thing is what? You want to know what the haqiqah, the reality of the dunya is? The Rasul said that this dunya means 
nothing to Allah. This dunya means nothing to Allah Ta'ala. What the wing of a gnat would mean to one of you. Janahu ba'udha. In general, they translate the word ba'udha in, in Urdu as a as a, 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 a machar, as a mosquito. But this is a wrong translation. I haven't seen ba'udha in the cities in Pakistan. But you see it in the badia when, you, when you're in the desert. It's a very small insect. It's smaller than a mosquito, in fact. Its sting is different than the mosquito bite. The sting has a much more intense burning type of itch than the mosquito bite. But it's smaller. Oftentimes it's green and it's, it's actually much smaller than a mosquito. So understand that forget about mosquito. Mosquito is too much. Even less than the mosquito. Imagine the wing of a gnat. If you were to buy, say, how, can I, how much can I pay for it? You, what, are you going to transact in it by the pound? Like it's something completely worthless. How much the wing of a gnat would mean to one of you? The dunya means even less than that to Allah Ta'ala. And if it meant even that much to Allah Ta'ala, even what the wing of a gnat means to you, meaning you even acknowledge that it exists. That's all we do for it. That's the only value that we acknowledge it exists. If you had even, the, if Allah Ta'ala cared about the, the dunya even as much as one of you care for the wing of a gnat, he would not give even one sip of water to a kafir. Now, to you and me, you say, well, the dunya is kind of, I get for Allah Ta'ala, it doesn't mean anything, but for us, kind of fun. Okay, fine. You have ijazat, go eat and drink. Take your, your beauty at every masjid, wear nice clothes, have nice classes, you know, have nice activities, do all of it oriented around the akhirah, don't be excessive with it, but do all of those things. Say who 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 said that who made haram the, the beauty that Allah Ta'ala sent forth for his uh, for his slaves. It's for the people who believe. And on the day of in, in the Yom al Qiyam and the Akhirah, it's not going to be for anybody else other than for them. This is the, the, the idea that we should have for the masjid. The masjid should be not just mashallah one Mulana Kashif Saab. That because of our fiduciary duty we run him into the ground. You should have a different scholar at every pillar of the masjid and every corner of the masjid. This is how the Haramain Sharifain used to be. Right? Hajjaj killed many of the ulama. Abu Ja'far Mansur, the, the, the first effective ruler of Banu Abbas, he was politically astute man. Even though he was also he was also a butcher, he killed a lot of people. He was also a butcher, he was also a very uh, like homicidal person. However, he understood, he understood that, look, you have to have the ulama on your side, otherwise the population is not going to side with you. Islam is what makes the masjid work. Islam is what makes the government work. Although you're supposed to do it for the sake of Allah, but at least he had this much sensibility that, like, also, if you want to be king and you want to have a country to be king of, you have to, the Islam has to kind of work. So he honored the, he honored the ulama, and the ulama wouldn't accept his honor from him because they're like, this, this guy's just doing it for his politics. But he understood this idea that you have, to, you have to honor the ulama. This system, it's a type of political sensibility that the Muslim kings have had. And they lost it when? They lost it at the time of, of colonization. Otherwise, in the Ottoman, up until the Ottoman era, the Harabin Sharifain, every pillar in, in Makkah Mukarramah and the Masjid al-Haram, every pillar in the Masjid of the Prophet ﷺ in Medina Munawara, there was a scholar, master scholar there teaching dars for people for free. 
people from the entire world would come and study. Mawlana Hussein Ahmad Madani, rahimahullah ta'ala, Allah ta'ala raised his rank. So much tawadu he had. He would say, people say, I'm Madani, I never called myself Madani, I'm from Faisabad. But he was Madani, mashallah. He taught the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ for 16 years in the, in the Nabi ﷺ's masjid. So you'd think maybe, who knows, maybe it's like Tabli Jamaat Ta'alim, you know, he's sitting with Fazal Al-Aman, the two like Desi guys in the masjid are listening to him, right? That's what happens. The two, three Desi guys in the masjid, everybody else leaves. No, the great, great mashayikh from the world used to listen to his dars. Ask, there's a, the brother from Algeria, if the brother from, there's a brother I think from, from Algeria uh, that, that I met earlier, I assume maybe, I'm assuming he's from Algeria. Ask him, do you know the name of the Shaykh Abdul Hamid bin Badis? Shaykh Abdul Hamid bin Badis, if you want to send a letter in Algeria, his picture's on the postage stamp, that's how big of a deal he is. Why? Because he had asked Hazrat Madani when, when he was studying hadith from him in Medina Munawara, he said the French have overthrown our, our, our lands and they have destroyed the institutions of deen and they're proliferating drinking and indecency and all of these things to the point where a decent and they humiliate the good people the people of ilm the people of good akhlaq and they're promoting all of the badmash people all of the all of the people of bad akhlaq in society and like i feel like i can't i can't spare my deen over there can i just stay here instead i don't know that he said no you have to go you have to learn your knowledge prepare yourself and you have to go back and guide your people and you have to resist them you have to go back and you have to resist them. And guess what? The French eventually had to leave Algeria and they didn't do it because they wanted to. They might pretend they did, but they didn't. They did it because they were forced to. And who is considered by the Algerians the spiritual leader of their resistance? Abdul, Halim, uh, Abdul Hamid bin Badis. Ask an Algerian if you think I'm just Mulana Saab just spouting it off. Do you know this guy who this? They won't know who Hazrat, they may not know who Hazrat Madani is, but they know who Abdul Hamid bin Badis is. The letter is, still exists though between them, their teacher and student. People used to come to him and study from all over the from all over the Muslim world. That's what a masjid is supposed to be. It's supposed to be an open place. It's supposed to be a vibrant, vibrant place like that. That's what the masjid is supposed to be. Why, why are our cab drivers driving for the Uber of the kafirs? Why don't we have our own? No, Hazrat, you know, masjid only for the namaz, that's it. We don't talk about anything else here. Okay, like, I get the fact that you shouldn't, every bayan shouldn't be about politics. I get that. And, about, and most of them shouldn't be about politics. But there should be some circle of a level of people who are thinking for the ummah at that level. You know why there isn't? Because when I tell you, if you ask me a mas'ala about namaz, you won't believe me. If you ask me a mas'ala about, about wudu, you'll, you won't believe me. If I tell you a mas'ala about anything, everybody will argue with me. And I've actually had this. I've worked, I've been imam in masajid before. Someone put a, in a masjid contract that you have to, you have to, you have to, uh, uh, show, you have to show patience and good character to everybody who comes to you. I was like, look, I agree, like as a general concept, you should show patience and good character to everyone who comes, not just because you're Imam, but like just as a human being, you know, not even as a Muslim only, as a human being. I go, you cannot put this in my contract. People come and they say all sorts of rude things to the Imam. I remember once the Masjid president said, you know, we should have a certain modicum of customer service. I'm like, customer service, I'm not selling anything. You're giving them money at Walmart, that's why they kiss up to you. If you didn't give them money, they wouldn't care if you live or die. 
there should be some sort of modicum of dignity where a person, the, the, the knowledge and the expertise they have has some sort of respect, it has some sort of authority. Oh no, but our imam, is, you know, he doesn't know what he's talking about, he makes things up. Then get a better imam. But that costs money, then pay for it. The idea is this is the people who are going to say like, oh, well, just the namaz and that's it, right? That's good. Namaz is good. It's a lot. It's not something unimportant. There are some people like, oh, look at that. That's nothing. It's a big deal. It's a, the start of the journey and it's a big part of the journey, but it's not the entire journey. <coughs> and anyone who will tell you it's the entire journey, what are they trying to say to you? They're trying to say to you that the Rasul Sallallahu mission is a failure. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala said to Sayyidina Adam Alayhi He said about him, إِنِّي جَعَلٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ خَلِيفَةً that the Nabi is the Khalifa of Allah Ta'ala and the earth. The Rasul Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq is the Khalifa of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. People talk about, there's a crew that likes to say Khilafa, Khilafa, talk about Khilafa. All these Allah are Munafiqeen, they just talk about Fiqh and Hadith and they should be talking about Khilafa. And in general, I have a very low opinion of most of those people. I really have a very low opinion about most of the people. Not necessarily because, not necessarily because they talk about the importance of Khilafa. It's part of our deen. I think if you don't know how to pray yet, I think it's not immediately something Allah is going to ask you about. And for every Muslim, for most Muslims, it's something their obligation with regards to it is to keep it in their heart and to make iman that this is part of the deen that if it's ever possible, that it's a commandment of Allah to do it. And when it's possible, then go ahead and do it by all means. But if it's not possible, getting into fights with like your local imam and things like that, it's not going to help. It's not actually helping you to make a khilafah. You know, I tell those people, I go, you don't even have enough like sophistication to understand how to run a grocery store. It's complicated. You know, you want to run, what are the grocery stores that you have in New York City? Or whatever, like, you know, like you have Giant Eagle in Ohio and you have like all the, the vegetables. There's like a million dollars worth of vegetables. How do you calculate when they come in, when they come out? It's like really complicated. You can't talk about Khilafah like without being a joke if you don't even know how to run a grocery store. Right? But here's the good news, mashallah. The Khilafah of, the khilafah of this Ummah never died. It didn't stop with the Ottoman Empire. You have the Khilafah, you rule the world. You rule the world. All of you rule the world. Now what are you going to do? It's yours. Allah, who said so? Allah said so. What are you going to do now? Go take care of your kingdom. Now it's when the, you know, Allah ya ayyuhas saqi adir ka'san wa nawwil ha ki ishka awal asan namud wa le uftad mushkil ha that oh the, 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 the first bait of the diwan of Hafiz that, that oh uh, uh, saqi the, 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 the barkeeper pulled down a cup and fill it, fill it with wine and hand it to me because in the beginning love seemed like it would be really easy and that's when all of my problems started. <laughs> Your khilafah, this entire thing, it all belongs to you. Now go run it, do something about it. But Shaykh, they don't listen. Well, maybe you're going to have to think about how we're going to fix that, aren't you? They don't give to the message. We're going to have to think about how to fix that, aren't you? They don't come to pray. We have to think about how to fix that, aren't you? But I can't do all those things at the same time. Well, then maybe you should make friends with the Muslim shopkeepers because they're going to help you get the money. And maybe you should make friends with the Bli Jamaat because they'll help people to come and pray in the masjid. And maybe you should make friends with the Mulanas because you don't know how to do a janazah. And like maybe you should make friends with this because no one person can do everything. 
We have this mentality, one person wants to do everything, right? Like, you know, that's like works, that's a good plot line from like Marvel comic movies. But in real life, it's not how it happens. The Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, if anyone could have done it, it was him. And he still, it's his sunnah not to do that. It's delegate work to people. Sometimes people used to mess up their job too. That's part of the system. Messing up is part of the system. You're not supposed to do it intentionally, but when it happens, I mean, that doesn't mean the system is broken. That's actually part of the way the system is supposed to work. This is the, the, the thing that we have to think about about the masjid. This is the thing that we have to think about uh, the masjid is that it's going to be this thing. And this is the, the, the glad tidings to you. If you're upset with your imam, don't worry. The masjid belongs to Allah. If you're upset with your board, don't worry. The masjid belongs to Allah Ta'ala. If you're upset with the guy next to you because he, you know, I don't want to come to Tarawih because he ate too much biryani and he burps a lot. People forgot adab, I think, during the lockdown. It's like this, this year is really bad. Really, I just I get stuck between two volcanoes. And I'm like, God, just eat less, man. Like, what's going on here? Okay, just step back a couple of lines and pray in the masjid, right? It's Allah Ta'ala's house. It's not like, these people are not why you come or why you don't come. Can you believe these people fight with each other? They don't even have Eid on the same day. I go, you don't even pray Fajr, man. Just like, true story. Guy was smoking a cigarette and talking about it. And he, while smoking a cigarette, I go, you don't even pray Fajr, man. What are you... So, but it's still wrong. I'm like, eh, get lost, man. Get lost. I'm done with all of that. We should all be done with all of that. You make your connection with the, with the house of Allah Ta'ala for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. If you want, if you want, if you want some change in the masjid, make it happen. You don't need ijazats from, from uh, Mulana Saab. You don't need ijazats from, from the board. You don't need ijazats. You already have ijazats from Allah Ta'ala. Make mashra because sometimes you think it's a good idea and it may not be a good idea. But after you make mashra and you, you know, and it really is a good idea, go do it. Go do it. But don't look at the masjid as those persons or our persons or whatever. It all belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so do you and so do me. So the, 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 the bond is there. The rest of it is just that we have to now work on the mandate that we've been given in order to try to make it a better place. Allah Ta'ala reward you. You listen to the entire thing. I wanted to end it at half an hour. I really did. And now I did what I said I wasn't going to, which is we're at 54 minutes right now. So we'll end right now. But Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala give tawfiq and revive this masjid and revive all of our masajid into being the things that we want them to be. And Allah give us the patience to be connected with the house of Allah Ta'ala so that we can be from the people who are shaded on the day that there's no shade except for his shade. Wa sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.